on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. One and two, Hader at the belt. Here's the pitch home. Struck him out swinging with a high fastball, and the ball game is over. Hader strikes out the side and finishes off a 6-2 victory for the crew here in the Twin Cities over the Twins. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. This is one of those games where a lot of really good things happened for the Brewers. Good thing number one, first career Major League victory for Aaron Ashby. He's got to be feeling pretty good about that. Uh, Good thing number two. How about Rowdy Telez getting a home run? It had been a while since he had hit one, and he really, really, really needed it. Good to see him hit that uh, deep, deep, deep home run. Good thing number three, Jackie Bradley Jr. goes two for four. He should have gone three for four. There was a ball that was hit out to the gap in right center that uh, Byron Buxton made a really good play on. But uh, that was a good day at the plate for uh, for Bradley. Obviously, the Brewers getting the win, avoiding being swept, all those things, good things as well. But I think you can really focus in on a handful of things that were pretty cool about today's game with Ashby and Telez and JBJ. All good things when you look at a team in terms of uh, what they're doing uh, en route to the postseason. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine will join me in just a few moments. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620 855-616-1620 You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We have you for the next hour till 5.30. We'll hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. We'll hear from you, and uh, we'll go through everything that happened today, all those good things that happened. We'll, uh, we'll lock into them just a little bit. We'll do that all coming up. It's the Brewers beating the Twins 6-2. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. blasted towards left, drifting back all the way back, and Luis Urias has gone into the upper deck here at Target Field. It's the first home run of the series for the Brewers, and they've got their first lead. 1-0 Milwaukee. Yeah, and not only do the Brewers get a couple home runs today, you heard Urias right there, Rowdy Telez hits a home run. Uh, you got a double from Jackie Bradley Jr., double from uh, Christian Yelich, uh, Pablo Reyes had a double, Colton Wong had two doubles. That's a lot of extra base hits. That's what was missing over the last couple games for the Brewers. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. And uh, Augie, this is, um, I said it when we opened up the show a moment ago, this is one of those games where you can really focus in on a number of individuals and find some really that happened. I really agree with you. I, I think the first thing you look at Ashby and, you know, it, it's funny when you, you talk about pitching and you talk about young pitchers going to the mound, their mound presence they have on the mound. But it just seemed like the Brewers had lost two in a row. Aaron takes the mound and he had a different type of mound presence, a very, uh, more of an aggressive type style that he was going to go after people and uh, I thought he threw the ball very well. He did make a mistake in the fourth inning when he walked the leadoff hitter and then Ralph Schneider and then gave a break of ball to Sanu, hit the ball for the home run but I think overall I thought he was very aggressive, threw the ball very well and when you look at it, five innings, nine ground balls is pretty impressive. That first win is always really special. What do you remember about your first victory? 
Oh my gosh, I was against the Yankees. It was in County Stadium and I started, I didn't find out till, I really didn't start out. I was starting the game against the Yankees until that morning we were flying home from Boston and Del Crandall came up to me and said that you're starting that night. So I had a lot of phone calls to make to get people, some people because people found out. Uh, but it, I started off, I gave a, a run early in the ball game and ended up going eight and two thirds innings or eight and a third inning that game. And we ended up beating the Yankees. That was pretty special. Yeah, I'm looking at your line, eight and a third, two runs on nine hits, four strikeouts. But Augie, you walk five guys. Come on. Well, you know what? I was too excited. I came out of the box <laughs> overthrowing, and that can happen. But that goes to show you, you know, you get in the game and you're, you're so focused on what you're trying to do. And uh, I, I saw that box score all back several months ago when I, Aaron Ashby took his first start. I looked back at mine, and I saw the five walks. I was hoping I could hide it from you, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, in, in all seriousness, you know, Ashby was a little bit different today as well. The four strikeouts. I mean, not, not that four strikeouts in five innings is bad. It is not. But uh, you think about his strikeout totals uh, in, in his last few appearances. They'd been a little bit higher. At four strikeouts in four innings against Pittsburgh. At four strikeouts in uh, two innings against uh, Washington. Uh, so today he was getting a little bit more contact that didn't really affect him much. He was very good. And maybe you know, he goes deeper into the game as well. Sometimes the more strikeouts means the more pitches thrown. Yeah, you know, I think what sometimes you go in a ball game as a pitcher and you got that as far as when you have the stuff that Aaron Ashby has, you can you have that ability to get more strikeouts. But I think there's times in the game, and I think it might have been even a, a, a today where he really wanted to have a good outing because the Brewers could have been swept today from the from the Twins after losing two. To go and think about location, I'm going to locate the ball, I'm going to throw strikes, and that's just the most important thing. And I thought he did that very well. He walked, he went three ball counts maybe three times in five innings, which is very very good. And uh, but I thought him locating his pitches and boy when you look at five innings nine ground balls that's pretty impressive and that means what he was doing is he was staying ahead he was staying away from two one counts and he's keeping the ball down in the zone that slider specifically he throws it for strikes he got it across for a strike today 65 percent of the time and then it's borderline unhittable he got a swing and a miss on it five out of 11 times, so almost half of the pitches, almost half of the sliders that he got swings on were swings and misses. Oh, you can't do anything about that when you got a pitch that there's only a half, you know, 50% chance that you're going to even make contact with, and it's in the zone 65-70% of the time. That's as dangerous of a pitch that's out there. And that's his number one pitch, and I think what's really helped helped Aaron, especially all the success he had in spring training, he has learned to throw that slider, that's good slider on both sides of the blade. You can backdoor it and get a, have hitters reach and hit a ground ball, or you can throw it on that inside part of the plate and get a good swing and miss like he did very well today. So I think the command of those pitches, I think when you have a pitch that is your pitch that you need to have, fastball's always got to be a command pitch. You always have to throw that for strike. But if you have a secondary pitch that you can that you can command like that and throw it to both sides of the plate, keep it down in the zone and with the authority that he throws it, it's going to be a great pitch. But he used all his pitches. He had a little bit of a cutter and he had a little changeup today, which was good also. But that slider was outstanding. And uh, when he can use that pitch and get in counts, when he can really use that pitch effectively, he is very good. 
Uh, Augie, you know, I, th- I think the world of Craig Council as a manager, if he's not the best manager in baseball, he's a, he's a top three, top four manager. The one issue that I've taken with him this year is I think sometimes he leaves Josh Hader in the bullpen for too extended amount of time where he, he has such a long rest that he's not as effective coming back. Uh, he pitches today in a non-save situation, and he, the last time he pitched was on the 24th, so that was this past Tuesday. We're into Sunday. That's that's the correct amount of time. You got a guy who's sitting out there for five, six days. You, you get him in there. Uh, there's been times this year where Council has allowed Hader to sit in the bullpen for longer than that, and it always feels really uncomfortable to me because I don't know how effective he's going to be after having that long of a layoff. As you get into the home stretch of the season, we're probably not going to see that anymore. But I was really happy to see Hader pitch in this game today. You know, you must be listening to our show because he, li- he must have heard exactly what you said, man. Because I, honestly, God, when Josh came in the game today, I was thinking about the same thing that we have been talking about, especially you more so than me, about getting Josh in the ball game. And I think with 31 games left when you get in that last month, you never want Josh, you never want Devin Williams or Boxberger. You don't want those guys to sit for any prolonged period of time. you got to keep them sharp. And uh, I think he today was a great move, a great move by... By by Craig by getting all three of those guys in the game and it, you know you 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 save the game yes but more importantly you keep those guys sharp and I really like what Devin Williams starts doing with his fastball and I've talked about that earlier I think the one thing that has helped Devin Williams is that he's starting to command that fastball real well even through a slider the other day but that is so important with his changeup and Josh today I think when he came out he saw the sun right in front of home plate and he just went right after him and threw the ball very well. Those are important outings like I think you've been talking about where you don't let someone sit for too long. You're not going to see that the rest of the season with Josh Hader. 6-2, 6-2, Brewers get the win over the Twins, so that's the pitching side of it, the hitting side of it. We saw Rowdy Telez go deep. We saw Jackie Brandley Jr. have a nice day. All good things. We'll discuss those guys next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Yelich a double, Narvaez a walk. The 0-1 to Rowdy is hit high in the air. Deep right center field. Bye-bye baseball. Oh my goodness, was that ball destroyed by Rowdy Telez. Brewers get the win in Minnesota, 6-2. They're able to salvage a game in the three-game set. Now headed to San Francisco for a four-game series against the Giants. Maybe, just maybe, a preview of the NLCS. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I'm Matt Polly, Jerry Augustine, former Brewers pitcher. He's alongside in Augie. This is it was really good to see Rowdy Telez hit that home run. He had clearly been slumping recently. And one hit, one home run doesn't completely turn around a slump. You want to see him follow that up. But uh, you talk about a much needed hit. Telez got it right there. Yeah, a really good approach to the ball. He got a ball uh, up out over the plate, was able to put the good swing and drive it. You could tell right when he swung that he that he hit that ball out of ballpark. And, you know, he's done so much for this ball club and swinging the bat and come up with big hits and really playing a really good first base. And uh, uh, it, it's good to see him 
get that swing to bat, hit the home run. I thought he hit the ball hard on the ground a couple of times, but uh, but seeing that home run on a pitch away from him, not totally outside part of plate, but got got a pitch up and was able to drive it out of the ballpark. It was good to see. Doug texted and he said, "Just what the doctor just ordered. Stop this little slide. Showed some power again. What a difference that makes in Ashby again. He just adds to this dominant, and I mean dominant pitching. The back three are basically unhittable. I also have to mention this, Augie, because you know we go back and forth with Doug a little bit uh, on on the text line. Two weeks ago, this is uh personally, I was really rooting for Rowdy Telez to hit a home run because two Sundays ago, exactly two weeks ago to the day, uh, Doug sent in a text." and predicted that Rowdy Telez would not have another home run in the next two weeks, and uh, Telez just came in under the line to make Doug wrong on that prediction. I like that. I like that. I, you know, I think Rowdy Telez has given some really good at-bats, and he's hit the ball hard right at people. I, I like the way he comes up at times, and he'll drive the ball the opposite way. Um, I, he's just been a, a, a find that you you, you got to really look and see what David Stearns and Matt Arnold, how they find these guys that come in and do such a good job. Uh, but he's one of those guys that did come in, stepped a good, right from his first at bat when he hit the ball hard to, to right field. Uh, you know he's going to be something special, and uh, he's played really good first base on the defensive side, and that just adds to how valuable he can be. Yeah, as a Brewer uh, this year, he is hitting uh, 276, having appeared in 42 games. Uh, his numbers in August, he's hitting just 233, though, so he has kind of been going in the wrong direction. And this takes us back. I still think, Augie, that they they need to find consistent production at first base, and I don't know where that's going to come from because uh, Telez, you hope that he gets back going, but just the fact that he has been in as deep of a slump he's been in, there's certainly a level of inconsistency there. Eduardo Escobar is going to come back at some point in time, but they, they brought him in to be really a first baseman against left-handed hitting more than anything else. Maybe he's going to have to play a little bit more first base, and you keep Luis Urias uh, in at third base more often. Daniel Vogelback is certainly still in the mix, but it's been a it's been a thing all year long, and I still, even with Telez's home run today, even with how good he was early on in his uh, kind of his Brewers tenure, it still feels like that first base spot, you don't have the consistent production that you would like to have. Well, I, I think what's going to happen, it's going to work itself out. I, you know, we're look, we're we're still 31 games left in the season, and we got a whole month to go, and we got an extremely tough schedule, probably the toughest in all of Major League Baseball. So I think those things have a way to work themselves out. Uh, uh, Tellus has done a nice job; he really has at first base, and you put Eduardo Escobar there. That gives you a two right and left combo over there. You can play so uh, that versatility that Escobar has really helps you. So it's going to be interesting what happens, but I think as we go along, we get into that that first second week, probably after that second week in, in September, things are going to kind of take shape, and we'll see if, if Rowdy can go on a little bit of a run right now where he swings the bat, gets some base hits, and drives the ball to the ballpark a little bit. I think he, he would be probably be on a postseason roster. He can be that valuable because he can hit the home run, but it's going to get interesting. I think a lot of things we think right now when we get up into that third week of September are going to look a lot different. Christian Yelich continues to hit, and 
the the power kind of comes and goes. But when you go look at his numbers, specifically uh, when you look at it from August 11th to where he's at right now, he's got a hit in every game that he's appeared in since then, except for one when he got just one at bat coming up as a pinch hitter. That's when he grounded into a double play against Washington. But since August 11th, Augie, he has appeared in 17 games. So that's not a it's not a five game sample. That's not a 10 game sample. 17 games. It's not a it's not a huge sample, but it's something. Uh, he's hit three. 59 in that period. He's got uh, the two home runs, which both came in the same game. He's got 12 RBIs. His OPS is at 950. Slugging 547. Uh, It is clear that something has clicked uh, with Yelich, and he has multiple, uh, multiple hit games during that period as well. I don't think he's the He's not the 2018-2019 MVP Christian Yelich, but he's a lot more than the the on-base Christian Yelich that we talked about for much of the first half of the season. I think what we're seeing out of Christian now is we're seeing he's just taking what he's given. And I, I like he's hitting the ball to all fields. He's having a lot better at-bats. He's not swinging at, at pitches uh, that are way on the in, down and in or flat, way up high. Uh, when he gets two strikes on him, he's kind of being very patient at the plate. And I think the power numbers on it will come. Uh, I just think what he wants to do now is he wants to be uh, a part of this ball club as far as being able to get on base allow people to drive them in and come up with big bases when they are runners in scoring position. But I think the biggest thing I see out of Christian is his patience at the plate, looking for pitches that he can handle, and then taking what is given. And that means the ball's away, he's going to drive the ball the opposite way, and he's done that outstanding job at that. And then when he gets that ball down and in a little breaking ball or a fastball in, he's able to turn on that and drive that ball into right field. I think his approach has been really good, but I just think he's not worried about the home runs. He's not worried about all the things that go on with the home runs. I think he's worried, I, not even worried. I think he's, his approach is that he's just taking what is given and it's really starting to pay off. Like you just said, the last 17 games, he's got a hit in every game except the one that pinch hit at opportunity against Washington. So I, I really think his approach has been much better. 6-2. Brewers get the win in Minnesota over the Twins. We'll talk a little bit about Jackie Bradley Jr.'s day. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. A one pitch, and this is a line drive into left center field for Pablo Reyes. Peterson's going to round second. He'll end up at third. Reyes digging in for two, and he slides in there with a double. 6-2. Brewers get the win over the Twins. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ alongside uh, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. Augie, we got a really interesting question from Mike in Colorado, and sometimes I forget. You know, we're, we're doing a radio show here, and there's a lot of people. Baseball is such a special game on the radio. Of all the major sports out there, there is not a sport that translates on radio as well as baseball, and there's a lot of people who don't watch a lot of games, but they listen to a lot of games. And Mike asked the question, he said, what exactly is a changeup? I always thought it's considered an off-speed pitch. Since I listen to the radio, I regularly don't see Devin Williams' pitch. Today they were saying Williams' changeup was devastating. To me, it sounds like he's throwing a high-speed knuckleball. Is that right? Now, Augie, before I let you answer, let me, I'll just put in my two cents here. Um, Williams' changeup is different than just about every other changeup that exists out there uh, because of just what it does during its path to uh, to the catcher's mitt. But, uh, yeah, I'll kind of let you take it from there. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, a changeup is an off-speed pitch, and a lot of times when you weigh the, the way you grip the changeup, 
it allows you to to throw the ball and get a get a uh, less of speed on it. You can throw it with the same arm action, release it the same, and it comes in a, a slower. Most of the time, a changeable have a, a little bit of what they call a fade movement. That means if you're left-handed, it's going to move away from a right-hander. If you're right-handed, it's going to move away from a left-hander. And it's got that little movement. Devin Williams is a little bit different. He is able to throw that change up, and it's called a circle change, where you put your your pointer finger and your thumb together on the side of the ball. And what you do is you, as you throw the ball, you cut, and I'm, I'm trying, not trying to demonstrate this now, Matt, but I'm just trying to tell you. But as you throw the ball, you throw the dot to the ground, that square to the ground. And by, the, by, the, by throwing that dot to the ground, you get different spins. And once you're able to control that, you can make the ball move. And that's where you get the airbender from. Sometimes what he'll do is he'll just turn it to the side a little bit and you'll get that little bit of a sinking action on his changeup. It's big difference in change of speed. But then when he wants that good one, like he threw today a couple of times to strike guys out, he really throws that, gets on top of it. Make sure you get on top of it, just like a fastball and throw that dot to the ground. It comes out and it just falls. And he, you get that by you have to throw it a lot. You have to understand it. You have to be able to stay on top of the ball. It's a, it's not an overly difficult pitch to, to throw. It's a very difficult pitch to control on a consistent basis. And the basic idea behind just a standard changeup, not the Devin Williams changeup, is That's right. pitchers play it off of their fastball where it looks very similar to the fastball coming out of the hands, but it comes in slower. So if a hitter is sitting fastball, they're going to be uh, they're, they're not going to make contact with the changeup. That's exactly right. Ninety percent of all pitchers use their use their changeup as something off speed from the fastball. When a lot of times with, with the arm action they have, it looks like the fastball, and you it gets you off that front foot and gets you swing. In Devin's case, his ball is so good that he thought he his fastball is actually is actually comes off his changeup because his changeup is so good. And now that he's throwing his changeup, his fastball more for strikes. It's just making that that changeup that he has more more devastating. Joe in Bristol says, uh, really happy to see JBJ hit well today. Let's hope it's the start of a streak. So Jackie Bradley Jr. today goes two for four. He should have had three hits. He was robbed of a hit out in our right center field. But if there's anybody who understands anything about getting robbed of a hit, it's, uh, it's JBJ because he robs his fair share uh, out there. More importantly, Augie, again, I, I don't want to be a broken record when talking about you know the, the focus towards the postseason. But if you want your team playing at a high level, you're really happy to see JBJ have this kind of game, and now the question is, can he follow that up? It's not too late. He's not going to have good numbers at the end of the season because he's been not good for so long, but it's also not too late for him to turn it on and really get something going here late in the season. I think for a lot of guys, when you get to this time of the year, Matt, you forget about your numbers that you had for the season. Uh, if you dwell on them, uh, you can't make it up. You can't get them. And, I, and you've been a big proponent saying you can't change that. And I think it's more what you do from today on. And I, I think when you look at JBJ, you got to look at his experience. His experience, he's got great experience. His defensive skills, he's probably one of the best in all of baseball. And if you can add anything to your ball club on the offensive side, that's a big plus. And to see him come, I thought he, I thought his patience was really good at the play today. His approach and, and uh, getting in, in his at-bats was excellent. He swung the bat very well today. And if he can swing anywhere close to that, uh, he's the kind of guy that can be invaluable as you go into the postseason. 
Brewers get the 6-2 win in Minnesota over the Twins. They now head to San Francisco for a four-game series against the Giants. We'll continue to talk about today's game. We'll also hear the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's coming up after the news, and the news is in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. First offering to Wong, and Colton rips it past the glove of Sano and into the corner in right field. This is going to plate two runs as Reyes trots home behind Peterson. It's a two-run double for Colton Wong, and the Brewers lead it 6 to nothing. They go on to win 6-2, able to salvage a game in the series against the Twins. Welcome back into Brewers X Journeys. Brewers open up a four-game set in San Francisco coming up tomorrow night. We're going to have some late night, some Brewers extra innings after darks coming up here over the next uh, few days here on WTMJ. But a 6-2 win today for the crew. Good things all the way around, including the starting pitching performance once again of uh, Aaron Ashby. He picks up his first Major League win. It's like we haven't talked about a whole lot of I should have talked about this with Augie before we let him go. Um, Ashby had nine ground ball outs in this game, and, and, and Augie made reference to uh, pitching to contact in the ground balls that he definitely got. Nine ground outs, no fly outs today for Ashby. That's maybe the most uh, noticeable number when you really uh, lock into the box score. So it was the sinker that was really working, and as manager Craig Council opened up his uh, post-game thoughts today, he specifically talked about that pitch. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I thought it was everything, really. I thought his off-speed was really good, too. Uh, so he, he did a nice job. You know, he he got into a good groove, was throwing a lot of strikes, um, and made enough quality pitches to, you know, keep the ball on the ground, which is uh, what he's good at. How big was it for him to uh, come back and get those two quick uh, those two quick ground ball outs after uh, the Snow homer there to kind of settle back in? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's, it's the big leagues, you know, I mean, guys, guys are going to hit, hit good pitches out of the park. And so he, you just keep going, you keep making pitches. Um, and, and he could just kept doing it. Hey, has he shown you something here lately that maybe, I know you got Peralta coming back, but, but maybe trying to find a spot for him somewhere. Well, I, I think we're going to find a spot for him to pitch, you know, whether it doesn't matter where it is, in, in my opinion, um, you know, just get out. I think we're going to find a spot for him to get out in the game. And um, whether it's starting and relieving, he's done both. And I think he's capable of doing both. And, you know, if you get out this, this, if you get out to the high level, then we're going to find a spot for you to pitch. Greg, you talked after the game last night about, kind of the lack of damage that the offense had done. And, and today you got you got that damage, especially early on, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a pretty big difference when you hit extra base hits. You know, that, and I thought we, you know, I thought the six run inning, we probably had, we had two balls hit that could have really, you know, increased that inning, but it made good, nice catches on line drives to the outfield. So um, we, we swung the bats really well that inning. Um, you know, that inning, or the you know they started with two outs, nothing going on, I believe. Um, so that was, was it was good inning. I think Rowdy, everybody remembers Rowdy's homer over the bleachers in PNC Park a few weeks ago. How impressive was that one he hit today? He went over the fence, so those are impressive. All the ones that go over the fence, I, those are my favorite Rowdy homers, especially with runners on base. Hey, Craig, for a while, um, we 
were talking a lot about Christian and just hitting like a lot of ground balls, but now we're seeing him, you know, just put, put balls in the air with authority. Like, how good of a sign has that been over like the last, I don't, I don't know, week or so of that stretch of him doing that? I mean, Christian's swinging the bat well. Um, you know, you can we can dissect it any way you want it, but he's, he's swinging the bat well. Um, it's a tough at bat. He's hitting the ball really hard. A lot of different pitches, left-handed, right-handed. It's it's um, he's making really solid contact. He's a really tough out right now. Craig, was it good to see um, some hard contact and some good at bats today from Jackie as well? Yeah, I mean Jackie swung it really well. Um, had a had a nice day. You know, got robbed in the in his second at bat, but he uh, squared up three balls really well. Craig, is it good to see the offense just have the, the extra base hits, the homers? Um, you know, not not let a quiet stretch linger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 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 good to get a win. Um, you know, we, that's one thing we've 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 been consistent, and um, you know, we we pitched. You know, the bullpen did a nice job today too. The four guys that came in did a really nice job. So I just think, you know, we got a we got a long flight ahead of us this afternoon, and um, good way to go to San Francisco on a win. Was that as uh, impressive an inning as you can remember for Devin? Here, especially recently, I know he's been pitching well overall, but that was pretty dominating. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Devin's Devin's been exceptional here. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I used, he had an inning the other day that was really quick and good. So I, he's just throwing the ball well. He's, um, you know, the, the fastball was good today. He gets, I think, you know, there's just sprinkling in the fastball and the changeup was really good. So it was. It was like all of his innings. I mean, sometimes they lay off some pitches. Today they they didn't as much. He fell behind the first guy, but made a couple made a couple good pitches, three one and three two. But um, he's, he's in a good spot, throwing the ball really well for a long long period of time right now. I know I know you hate the look ahead questions, but I mean this is a pretty big series for you guys in San Francisco coming up, isn't it? Against the the best team in the NL record wise. The next series is the biggest series, um, and I don't I don't mean to be cliche, but it just that's just the way it is. So it's that's that's what's the next challenge in front of us, and um, it's a good team. It's a really good team. We know that. It means wins are tough to come by against these teams. It means you gotta do more right to win games against teams like this, um, and so that's the challenge for the week. Manager Craig Council speaking uh, with the media just a little while ago, and his message always remains the same. The, the next thing is the next challenge, and that's the next most important thing. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't add importance or non-importance to series based upon who you're playing. Just go keep your head down and keep being who you are, and at the end it's going to work out. And that's been the message all season long. And it's been a message that has certainly worked. Brewers get the win 6-2 in Minnesota. When we return, we'll go back through the game with the highlights. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 6-2, Brewers get the win over the Twins. Starting pitching matchup, Aaron Ashby going for the crew, while Griffin Jacks gets the start for the Twins. The Brewers would strike first. It would happen in the top of the second inning with one out. Luis Urias at the plate. 
0-2 blasted towards left. Drifting back all the way back, and Luis Urias has gone into the upper deck here at Target Field. It's the first home run of the series for the Brewers, and they've got their first lead. 1-0 Milwaukee. So Aaron Ashby goes back out for the second inning with a lead in his back pocket. He gives up a base hit to Miguel Sano, but then Brent Rooker strikes out. That brings up Ryan Jeffers. Sano anchored over at first base, and the delivery from Ashby. Swing and a bullet hit off the glove of Ashby. Charging Wong, bare hand, pick up, throw to first in time. Excellent play, Colton Wong. is. Yeah, really nice play right there. So that's the second out of the inning, and it brings up Williams Astudio. One-two coming. Swing and a miss. Gets away from Narvaez. He picks it up, fires to first. Telez with a scoop, and the inning is over. That one may have even hit Ostadio in the foot on that slider down and in. Brewers take a 1-0 lead to the top of the third. They would add to it uh, with two outs. Christian Yelich is at the plate. Effective starts, not all quality starts by definition. Here's a line drive into left. Going back is Rooker. It's going to be over his head and one hops the wall. Yelich around first and motoring into second with a two-out double. So Christian Yelich keeps that hitting streak going. Omar Narvaez then walks. The runner's on at first and second for Rowdy Telez. Yelich a double, Narvaez a walk. The 0-1 to Rowdy is hit high in the air. Deep right center field. Bye-bye baseball. Oh, my goodness, was that ball destroyed by Rowdy Telez. Yeah, upper deck shot at a target, uh, target field for Telez, and the Brewers take a 4-0 lead. They add to that lead in the fourth inning. Inning gets started when Jace Peterson is hit by a pitch, and with one out, Pablo Reyes at the plate. 0-1 pitch. And this is a line drive into left center field for Pablo Reyes. Peterson's going to round second. He'll end up at third. Reyes digging in for two, and he slides in there with a double. And that would bring up Colton Wong. First offering to Wong. And Colton rips it past the glove of Sano and into the corner in right field. This is going to plate two runs as Reyes trots home behind Peterson. It's a two-run double for Colton Wong, and the Brewers lead it 6 to nothing. Ashby takes a shutout into the fourth inning, looking ahead to possibly getting his first career Major League victory. Also, he had not given up a run since his first start, that game against Chicago that did not go so well. That changed a bit in the fourth inning. He issues a walk to uh, Rob Refsnyder leading things off, and then with one out, Miguel Sano at the plate. Looks like just a supersized version of what you buy at the store. Sano, a supersized swing, a drive out to deep left into the second deck, and it's a two-run blast for the Twins' first baseman, Miguel Sano, his 23rd of the season. But Ashby would get ground balls off the bat of Brent Rooker and also uh, Ryan Jeffers get out of the inning. 6-2, Brewers have the lead. Ashby does come back out for the fifth, trying to qualify for a win. He gets the first two batters that he faces off against, and then with two outs, Byron Buxton. 1-2 pitch to Buxton, and he struck him out. A high fastball, and Aaron Ashby goes 1-2-3 through the Twins in the fifth. Hunter Strickland would pitch the sixth inning for the Brewers. He would get uh, two outs, but would also give up a hit to Josh Donaldson. And once again, the guy who hit the home run earlier, Miguel Sano at the plate. 2-2 pitch. 
looked. Got him looking. Slider on the inside corner, and Miguel Sano took it for strike three. A base hit by Josh Donaldson. That is all in the sixth. Brett Boxberger pitching the seventh inning. Same deal. He gives up a base hit. Nothing more. Puts up the zero. It remains a 6-2 game. Brewers leave two on base in the top of the eighth, bottom of the eighth inning. Devin Williams comes on, and he faces the trio of Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, and pinch hitter Nick Gordon. 3-2 pitch. Struck him out. Change up on the inside corner. Buxton's gone on strikes. One away here in the bottom of the eighth. 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. That was the changeup and a beauty from Devin Williams. The stretch, 1-2 pitch. Struck him out. He blew 97 by him. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Williams strikes out the side in the bottom of the eighth. Impressive. Yeah, it was a dominating inning from Devin Williams. Brewers scoreless in the top of the ninth, so the game goes to the bottom of the ninth with the crew leading 6-2. Not a safe situation, but Josh Hader, who had not pitched in a few days, he comes on. First batter he faces is Josh Donaldson. He gets a base hit, but the next three hitters he faces, Miguel Sano, Brent Rooker, and Ryan Jeffers. 0-2 on Miguel Sano. The stretch and pitch. Struck him out swinging. Fastball at 97. Three straight heaters. Sano couldn't catch up to any of them. Three balls, two strikes, one away. Brewers up 6-2 in the bottom of the ninth. Hater trying to finish it off. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Second strike out of the inning for Josh Hader. One and two. Hader at the belt. Here's the pitch home. Struck him out swinging with a high fastball, and the ball game is over. Hader strikes out the side and finishes off a 6-2 victory for the crew here in the Twin Cities over the Twins. With the win, the Brewers go to 79-52. They're also now 43-23 on the road, while the Twins, they drop to 57-73. Winning totals for the crew. Six runs, nine hits, no errors. They leave seven for Minnesota. Two runs, six hits, no errors. They leave five. Winning pitcher Ashby, his first career Major League win. He is 1-0. Griffin Jacks takes the loss as he drops to 3-3 home runs. Luis Urias hitting his 18th. Roundy Telez hits his 11th for the Twins. Miguel Snow hitting his 23rd. The game lasting 2 hours and 52 minutes. Back-to-back games under 3 hours. That doesn't happen very often in front of a crowd of 26,186 folks at Target Field. Brewers get the 6-2 win over the Twins. When we come back, we'll give you scores from around the division. We'll preview the Giants series. And, uh, yeah, we'll get you all set for uh, what's going to be a fun four days for uh, the Brewers uh, in San Francisco, especially if they can come up with some victories. It's Brewers Extra Innings. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. A 6-2 win today for the Brewers, knocking off the Twins, able to avoid a sweep, able to end their losing streak at three games. They head to San Francisco. More on that in a moment. A quick tweet uh, before we uh, do end the show at Brew Crew Scott uh, tweeting in, how do you keep Luis Urias' bat in the lineup every day? I don't think you need his line- bat in the lineup every day. I think you need his bat in the lineup a lot. I don't think every day. He's uh, when, when everybody's healthy, he's always going to be starting against left-handers because Escobar's going to be over at first base when you're facing right-handers uh, like you know 
for example, right now, Escobar is out. He's going to play games. He's going to spell uh, Willie Adamas occasionally at shortstop, uh, spell Colton Wong occasionally at second base, always able to come off the bench. He's going to play a lot. Now, you could argue that when Escobar first got to the Brewers, Urias' playing time maybe went a little bit lower than where you would like it to go. But I just this is a deep team with a lot of players who are really good, and you can't have everybody in the lineup every day. I don't think this is going to be an issue. And for me, I think Urias actually is at his best when it's not he's just your everyday guy at a certain position when he's able to move around, someday starting, sometimes coming in as a defensive replacement, sometimes having days off. Just for whatever reason, it feels like, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it certainly feels like he is at his best when it's not really a stable position for him, that it could be different on an any day basis. So that's that's kind of what I want to see from him. And it even goes back to when Travis Shaw was still here before Shaw got injured, and prior to the injury, he was going to uh, platoon with Shaw at third. I thought that had a chance of being a really good thing. Now it's better with Eduardo Escobar, because Escobar's bat is better than Shaw's bat, but that that's how I view him as being able to be his best self with the Brewers. Around the division, what a tough loss for the Cardinals today. A three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, a walk-off shot when the Pirates are down two runs, and they beat St. Louis by a 4-3 score. St. Louis could have cut down their wild-card deficit uh, because Cincinnati ended up losing. Reds fall to the Marlins by a 2-1 score. Cubs, uh, they lose to the White Sox 13-1. So right now, in the National League Central, the Brewers lead back to eight and a half games. I believe, magic number, I should have looked this up. I didn't. I think it's 20 three is that right because it was at 26 went to 25 yesterday so it should be 23 now if i have that right magic number 23 for uh, the brewers reds eight and a half games back cardinals are 12 games back and then in the wild card race uh the reds have a one and a half game lead on the padres and a three and a half game lead for the cardinals so that's what i'm talking about the cardinals could have been within two and a half games of the wild card spot had they not just absolutely given that thing away against the pirates in the ninth inning today but reds continue to hold on to the wild card position. The Padres not playing today. They have a very odd, weird Sunday day off. That doesn't happen uh, very often, but it happened today for the Padres. Brewers are set for a four-game series in San Francisco. Three 8-45 games, and then they'll wrap up the series Thursday uh, with a 2-45 matchup. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be Corbin Burns getting the start for the crew. The right-hander is 8-4 and four with a 2.30 ERA. Johnny Cueto will get the start for the Giants. He's 7-6 with a 3.7 three ERA. 8.45 is the scheduled first pitch time. That means our coverage will begin at uh, 8.10. 8.10 for uh, the pregame show with Jeff and Lane. And then, of course, uh, following the game, we'll be up late with you, up early, whatever you want to call it. It'll be past midnight. Myself, Jerry Augustine, we will have you for uh, Brewers Extra Innings. So we look forward to staying up late with you over the next few days. Tonight, the Brewers, or this afternoon, the Brewers get a 6-2 win over the Twins here on WTMJ.